0: Natch Chat is brought to you by Walters. This Saturday night, make sure that you walk on over to Walters for UFC 275 as Glover Teixeira will defend his UFC light heavyweight championship for the first time.
1: Walters is also the best spot in Navy Yard to watch the NBA Finals. Game three tips at 9 p.m. this
2: Wednesday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He swings 3-0 and hits it in the air to deep center. Thomas is back at the warning track. He's at the wall, leaping, and
3: it's gone. Goodbye. Jazz Chisholm Jr. takes it over the center field wall for a grand slam. It's the Marlins 5 of the Nationals nothing. It's his first career Grand Slam.
0: Steven will pitch on Thursday. I uh, say he felt good. Um, so we're going to uh, he's going to open up for us on Thursday. So um, another guy that's you know, pr- basically his opening day. So we're excited about that. I'm not going to put any limitations on him. We'll see how far we can take him. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on him. But um, th- this is one of, one of the reasons why we wanted him to go through what he did. Uh, To make sure that he's fully ready. So, uh, his last outing, I know he threw like 83 pitches and six innings. Um, So, you know, but, you know, my biggest thing is to watch his high leverage, what, you know, see what he's going through, see how many pitches he throws each inning, and then we'll go from there. And welcome to Nats Chat for Wednesday, June 8th, 2022, along with Massinsports.com Nationals insider Mark Zuckerman, who was at Lone Depot Park in Miami. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. It never ceases to amaze how funny baseball can be. So, this installment of the Nats Chat podcast is for Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. 12 years to the day of the unforgettable major league regular season debut of Steven Strasburg, right? June 8th, 2010. The Nats on June 8th, 2010 beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 5 2 at Nationals Park. Strasburg was incredible. Two runs in seven innings, 14 strikeouts versus no walks. Here we are 12 years later and with major Steven Strasburg news. He will make his 2022 Major League debut on Thursday evening in game 3 of a three-game series at the Miami Marlins. Big Nats news on Tuesday afternoon. Unfortunately, we then got the Nats game on Tuesday night, what was game 1 of this series at the Marlins and the Nats got hammered at 12-2, so there was that. Uh, Mark, Tuesday was one of those good news, bad news days for the Nats.
1: You know, Al, I would be happy to talk as much about Strasburg's upcoming start as I would about this game because I don't know how much we really need to delve into the particulars of this one except to say that it was quite ugly and it um, may have helped Davy Martinez and Mike Rizzo make some decisions as far as what they're going to do with their rotation after Steven Strasburg returns. But I got to mention, I hadn't thought about this till you brought it up, but it occurs to me that June 8th, 2010, a momentous day in nationals history. But I actually believe that June 9th, 2010 was an equally momentous day in our relationship, because I believe that's the first time we ever met in person. At the old radio station,
0: it is. I remember shaking your hand, and I remember you did a morning radio show that morning, and I did the updates for the show. And I believe up until we had dinner at Tim Shover's house this past October, that may well have been the last time that we saw each other in person. All of our conversations over the phone over the years, all of our installments of the Nash Chat podcast—that was a seminal moment. But I'm not sure if it was ever duplicated up until this past October.
1: And Tim just points out, Tim Shover says that was his first ever shift at the radio station. So it was meant to be from June 9th, 2010, until here we are 12 years later working together, talking again about Steven Strasburg.
0: Well, Bob Costas called the Strasburg debut on MLB Network. I have it on good authority that he considers you and I meeting the next day even bigger than the Strasburg debut. That's what I've heard.
1: As he should, as he should.
0: Just keep that in mind. Well, Strasburg is coming back, and this is, of course, something that has been a long time in the making, and so it's something we're going to spend some time on here on this installment of the podcast. Uh, Nats manager Davey Martinez in his pregame session with reporters on Tuesday afternoon, making it official. Strasburg will be the Nats' starting pitcher on Thursday evening for Game 3 of this series at the Marlins. Uh, Strasburg ended up making three minor league Rehab assignment starts. He on Monday through a bullpen session. All went well. And so now he is good to go and we'll see what happens. And, you know, there's a lot of ways we could attack this, Mark. I found it really interesting. Davey was asked in a session with you guys, well, what about a pitch count and innings limit? Davy said he didn't want to put any limitations on this thing. Are you buying that, that they're going to let Strasburg <laughs> go out there on Thursday and just have at it?
1: Well, to an extent, uh, maybe not uh, 100%. But I think the point was, and this was their plan all along, this is why they wanted to make sure that he built himself up in those minor league rehab starts to get to a point where he could take them out in a big league game and be ready to go and not have to have any hard you know, limits on him in terms of innings or pitches thrown. Now, that said, is he going to go you know, nine innings and 120 pitches? No, that's simply not going to happen. You know, you would think that he's good for somewhere around ninety, maybe a little bit more than that, because he got up to eighty-three last time. He had the six innings pitched at Rochester, so you would think he's good for that again. But the one thing you have to keep in mind is a Triple A rehab start is very different from a major league start in the regular season, even against the Marlins, even in front of a crowd that will probably be smaller than what he was pitching in front of in Rochester uh, and even in Fredericksburg. The competition is different and the intensity is different. So they're going to watch him as he goes along. And if they see any signs of fatigue or stress or, you know, any of that stuff, you know, they'll pull him. But I think it's all things considered a really good sign that we're talking about this, not so much in terms of his health, but just in terms of his readiness and how he's built himself up. And it's been a long time coming for him to get to this point, but he's good to go now. And they would not be putting him out there if they didn't think he was.
0: So, Steven Strasburg's last major league outing was June 1st. His next one now will come nearly one year, actually more than a year, uh, since his last outing. Everyone knows the Strasburg tale by now. His last two seasons have been a nightmare. A total of seven regular season starts off the glory of October 2019 World Series MVP, then that December, the seven-year, $245 million contract. You know, it's so funny, Mark, you look at Strasburg's minor league rehab assignment and So he and Joe Ross each pitch on that same night, May 24th, and Ross did really well. Strasburg struggled. Yet Strasburg came out of his start feeling well. Ross did not. Ross's season is done. His career now is in jeopardy with him having to undergo a second Tommy John surgery. Strasburg's other two minor league rehab assignment outings end up going well. He's been feeling well and all now has gone well in terms of these rehab starts and him trying to build himself back up to pitch. If you would have asked someone on May 24th, one guy's going to end up not pitching again this season, the other guy's going to end up pitching for the Nats in June, you would have said, well, Joe Ross. No, the exact opposite ends up being the case. It's just remarkable how this ended up playing out over just a, a few weeks here.
1: Well, and it reminds you how fickle all of this is and how we do have to be careful. It's perfectly fine to be excited, to be encouraged about what Steven Strasburg has been able to do, but we also have to acknowledge that until you see him out there, until he pitches and does well, and then until he comes back and does it again five days later, you're always worried in the back of your mind about something going wrong along the way. As we've outlined so many times, there's no real clear roadmap for this. They're going to really take this start by start. And so, I mean, you can look at this and say, "Hey, if he pitches every fifth day the rest of the season, he can make 20 starts for them before the end of the season." I'm sure in the back of their minds, they would love to have that happen, but they know that it's pointless to try to think in those terms yet. They really do have to go start to start with this. You hope for the best. So far, knock on wood, everything has gone really well. I know that the debut may be a little bit later than everybody hoped going into spring training, but not by much. And Just the fact that he's here at this point, I think it's a pretty impressive triumph for him and their medical staff and the rehab people that got him to this point because we didn't really know Last summer, when they announced he was having the surgery, we didn't know how this was going to turn out. And at least so far, it's turned out—maybe not best-case scenario, but not that far from it. I would say
0: it's going to be so interesting. You know, we're going to, of course, micro-analyze every little thing that happens with Strasburg. And I think the important thing to remember—and I know I'm going to constantly remind myself of this—is. Okay, this is start one on Thursday night, whether he does great or he does awful. It's one game. And really, the important thing is that he makes that next start and then the start after that. You know, you could argue what really matters with Strasburg this year is just that he makes, say, 15 starts, you know, and then next year, if if he comes out of this season healthy and then next year you can focus more on the results. You know, now, obviously, you don't want to see him get bombed starting start out this year. But it's almost like just him making the starts is what matters. And then everything else is secondary to that. So it's going to be so interesting. Like, does he do really well and shock us all? Does he struggle mightily and we're all just kind of holding our breath? Does he start off well and then fade? Does he start off poorly and then get better as the year goes on? There are so many ways that Steven Strasburg's 2022 season could end up going here It really is like a blank canvas. Like you really don't know. There's not a lot of precedent for guys coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome. Strasburg is a particularly unique case because of his injury history. You know, the fact that he has been so great and pitched at such a high level. So I don't know that anyone knows what to expect. I would think that Strasburg himself doesn't know what to expect. You go out there, you do your best and let's see what happens.
1: And just to bring this all back to where we started, I distinctly remember The night before and the morning of his major league debut, talking about and writing about how we probably have to lower the expectation bar here because this has been the most hyped up debut of any rookie pitcher in a long, long time and maybe he's not going to be all that. Maybe he's going to struggle a little bit. Let's set the bar a little bit lower and then as we all know, he set the bar as high as you possibly could with that phenomenal start against the Pirates. So not to say that's gonna happen on Thursday, but it wouldn't be the first time that he has exceeded our expectations. I think it's appropriate to lower the bar and maybe that will be the right you know mindset when it's all said and done, but would it shock me based on what we saw of him in those minor league rehab starts, if he came out here and blew the doors off? <laughs> no, it would not shock me.
0: It would be something and of course, what happened in 2010, right? He ended up needing Tommy John surgery as the year went on. So something like that could happen this year where he is remarkably great and then he gets hurt again. We just don't know. Like This really is such a wild card what happens with Steven Strasburg. So very exciting. Strasburg will be making his 2022 Major League debut on Thursday evening at the Marlins. Hey, guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. It feels like everything is going up these days, including home prices. And so there's no better time to have the look of your home go up and the value of your home go up with new windows from Window Nation. Get two free windows with every two windows that you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Take advantage of this offer. Call 866-90NATION or visit WindowNation.com and make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. Window Nation windows are the best. The average Window Nation installer has over 16 years of experience with over 20,000 windows installed. Window Nation offers 1,500 custom window combinations, including vinyl, wood, and fiberglass. Window Nation is the best. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com and make sure that you ask for the deal that you heard about from Al Galdi. Two free windows for every two windows that you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. 86690 Nation or WindowNation.com. That's 86690 Nation or WindowNation.com. And make sure that you tell WindowNation that Al Galdi sent you.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data
3: here's Nick Fortes he swings and blasts one high and deep to left field Hernandez back looking up and it is long gone three-run homer into the Marlins bullpen for Nick Fortes his second of the year and the Marlins with three on the board lead it now eight to nothing
0: if Steven Strasburg stays healthy he becomes a part of the Nationals rotation obviously some kind of a move is going to need to be made now it could be as simple as Evan Lee bye bye, right? The Nats just recalled Evan Lee from AA Harrisburg last Wednesday morning, but now you really have to wonder about where we're going here with Yoan Adone this season. Adone got wrecked in this 12-2 loss at the Marlins on Tuesday night. Yoan Adone in this game, eight runs. In three innings, he gave up seven hits, two homers, a double, and four singles. He issued two walks. He had two strikeouts. He actually tossed a perfect bottom of the first, but he, in the bottom of the second inning, gave up five runs, including giving up a two out grand slam to Jazz Chisholm Jr. to dead center on a 3 0 pitch for a 5 nothing Marlins lead. Actually, Lane Thomas had a chance at a home run saving catch, but he missed on the attempt at a catch. You know, it's not an easy play to make, so I, I can't fault Lane Thomas too much there. don't scoreless bottom of the third, but even then he gave up a lead-off ground rule double to Jorge Soler to left field. And then don in what ended up being a 5-run Marlins fourth, allowed three more runs, including giving up a first pitch, three-run homer to Nick Fortes to left field on a hanging breaking ball for an 8 nothing Marlins lead. And then that was it. Adon got yanked from the game. So for Johan Adon now this year, 12 starts, ERA of 695. That's worse than Patrick Corbin's ERA, which is 671. Each guy, interestingly, has the same whip, 176. Do you think that what we saw on Tuesday night was the final start, at least for now, for Johan Adon or not necessarily?
1: So there's a couple ways they could go about this at this point. Let's remember that officially there is an opening in the rotation. That the spot that Strasburg is taking was actually Aaron Sanchez's. A little while back, they dropped him. They had the double header. Remember, they needed the spot start, so they call up Evan Lee to make that one. Now the off day allowed them to skip that start. He's been in the bullpen, so there is a scenario in which Strasburg slides into the rotation, Adone stays in the rotation, and Lee actually stays in the bullpen because they don't have any other lefties right now with Josh Rogers injured. Is that best for everyone in their development? I would argue probably not. And so I did think it was interesting that Lee winds up pitching in relief of this game. It was the two, you know, garbage innings, not even two full innings, an inning and two thirds at the end of it. He pitched well, you know, it's a blowout game, so take it for what it's worth. But that's the same day now that Johanna Doan pitched. So in theory, he could take a doan spot while Strasburg slides into the other one. On Thursday, and now there's your rotation and Adon ends up getting sent down to work on some stuff at AAA. I don't know if that's going to happen quite yet or not, but I would just say this 12 starts in. He's one in 10, 695 ERA. And while they can say that they have seen some encouraging signs along the way, it seems pretty clear to me that. Joanna Done still has a lot to learn. He is far from a finished product. Let's remember how little minor league experience he had prior to this season. And Davey's talking about after the game how he didn't throw a single changeup in this start.
0: Tough break for him. The first inning, I thought, you know, it's going to be a good day for him. But um, like I said, when you fall behind some, some of those hitters, you know, you get to start making pitches and throw the ball over the plate. I
1: mean, you're going to get hit. And that's something they've been encouraging him to work on. Otherwise, he's a two-pitch pitcher and he didn't really like the way his breaking ball was working in this game. So Now, if you're the opposing hitters, you know what you can sit on, fastball. So If he's not comfortable throwing that change up to big league hitters, then he needs to go someplace else where he can actually work on that in a lower pressure environment, figure that all out. To me, a demotion of Yoan Doan is not negative in terms of – you're not saying, well, that's it. You're never coming back here. We give up on you. You're not going to be a big league starter. It's an acknowledgement that you need some more work and that's fine he he needed more work all along and if you go down there and you do the things we're asking you to do you're going to get another shot up here there's a reason that he's here they like him enough that there's something there and we've acknowledged we see it too there's something there but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's getting the most out of it by being up here right now and I think that's ultimately the question does he benefit from staying up here and taking a pounding like he has Or is that actually hurting him in his development and he'd be better off going down and working on specific things and getting a call back up when he's in a better place?
0: Yeah. And what you're seeing is it feels like fewer and fewer of the good moments, fewer and fewer of the encouraging starts and more and more of the bad starts. You know, we're seeing the walks, obviously saw the home runs on Tuesday night and I think with most professional pitchers, you're going to see something. There's a reason that they're professional pitchers. But, you know, like at some point, you have to sort of take a step back and say, all right, where are we? Well, where we are is 12 starts in an ERA of nearly seven. He walks the ballpark, he gives up a lot of hits. You know, he is not trending in a great direction, didn't have a lot of minor league experience to begin with. I mean, the case is there to send him back down. So, the fact that Evan Lee pitched out of the bullpen on Tuesday night is not indicative to you necessarily that Evan Lee is going to be used as a reliever moving forward. This may have been just simply he was getting his work in because this was a dones day to pitch.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, think about this. He hadn't pitched at all in six days. He had been available out of the bullpen for a few days. They didn't use him. They technically skipped his start on Monday. Maybe they were holding off just in case Strasburg wasn't ready for Thursday. He'd get that start, but he's not getting that. So he's not starting any games in this particular series. So unless they are going to start using him legitimately as a reliever, which I don't think he's done very much of, if you're trying to turn him into your one lefty specialist out of the bullpen, that's a lot to ask of a rookie. Who doesn't have a lot of experience doing that. And if you have any visions at all of him being a starter for you in the long run, that's not doing him any good. Now, he could still end up getting sent down to work on it, whatever he needs to at AAA. So, I mean, there are different ways they can go about this. There are other starters eventually who are going to be up. I think Cade Cavalli could be getting closer to that as well. So there are various moving parts they can work with here. But I think the reason Lee pitched in this game is both because he hadn't pitched in a while. It was a blowout game. Here's an opportunity to get a couple innings in. And oh, by the way, it lines up on the same day as a don't. So if they wanted to now have him replace him, he's already on the proper schedule for that.
0: Interesting, too, that in this blowout loss, uh, Mr. Blowout, Paolo Espino did not pitch. And I would think that that maybe is because you want Paolo as your Strasbourg insurance for Thursday. Because if the Strasbourg thing goes awry quickly, and who knows? that could happen too, right? Strasbourg could get shelled in the first inning. We don't know. Nobody knows. You're going to need someone to eat up some innings. And, uh, that would be a job for Paolo. So maybe that helps to explain why he did not pitch on Tuesday night. So like Mark said, Evan Lee did a pretty good job out of the bullpen on Tuesday night. One and two third scoreless innings, two strikeouts, came into the game, bottom of the seventh, runners on first and second, one out and sandwiched a couple of strikeouts around a single. So it looked pretty good. Uh, Also looking pretty good was Jordan Weems. He tossed one and a third scoreless innings with three strikeouts, did give up two singles into walk. The Nats reliever who did not look good on Tuesday night was Andres Machado. Four runs in two innings. In that five-run Marlins fourth, Machado gave up two runs. He gave up a one-out opposite field double to Garrett Cooper on an 0-2 pitch, then gave up a one-out first pitch, two-run homer to Jorge Soler, to center field for a 10-0 Marlins lead. And then Machado, in a two-run Marlins fifth, issued a two-out seven-pitch walk in Nick Fortes and then gave up a two-out first pitch two-run homer to Jazz Chisholm Jr. to right field for a 12-0 Marlins lead. We've seen this before, but Jazz Chisholm Jr. can play. I mean, that guy can play. He's got speed. He can play defense. He's got power. He's got some attitude to him. I mean, it's not... Often that we compliment the Marlins, but they seem to have something in this kid, Jazz Chisholm Jr.
1: And What I think shocks me, I mean, I knew he was a dynamic player and a leadoff hitter and super fast and everything. I wasn't counting on the power that he has. That's an 851 OPS for him now. He's got 10 homers on the season, driven in 37 runs out of the leadoff spot is not bad at all. He absolutely looks like a star in the making. And it does, it reminds you that historically this franchise has produced so many really top quality star players and just have not been able to keep enough of them around together to win with them. They end up going somewhere else and the team gets started all over again. But I mean, you want to talk about the difference in franchises, a nationals team that we keep talking about for years and years has struggled so much to produce their own homegrown talent to compensate for the free agents that they lose or the trades they make. The Marlins have done a phenomenal job of producing new talent to compensate for all that. The problem is they turn it over so many times and so frequently that they're just never able to establish anything and build any kind of uh, successful team
0: here. Yeah, I mean, it's still is something that the Marlins outfield at one point was Marcelo Zuna, John Carlos Stanton, and Christian Yelich. And Yelich with Miami wasn't what Yelich became with Milwaukee, although Yelich with Milwaukee now is back to being what Yelich was before he was in Milwaukee, and actually is worse than he was before he was in Milwaukee. But yeah, I mean, a lot of good players have, have come through Miami uh, over the years. The Nats offense on Tuesday night, just two runs, uh, eight hits, four of which were extra base hits, including a home run, and three doubles. Uh, Nats had two walks, three of 11 with runners in scoring position. Another quiet game for Juan Soto, 0 for 2 with a walk in to hit by pitch. Josh Bell, 0 for 4 with a strikeout, left four men on base. Kbert Ruiz, 0 for 4, Cesar Hernandez, 0 for 4, Yadiel Hernandez, 0 for 2 with a couple of strikeouts. There were, though, some bright spots. Uh, Luis Garcia, Lane Thomas, and Nelson Cruz. Luis Garcia, Two for four with a solo homer and a single. So he's on a nice little run here, certainly offensively. Uh, Garcia in an Nats one run six, a leadoff homer to right center field to cut the Nats deficit to 12-1. And the homer, a projected 442 feet per stat cast. How about that pop from Luis Garcia going 442 at Lone Depot Park? And I feel like we've
1: actually seen this from him and uh, the home runs that he's hit in the big leagues. There was one, a big one in Tropicana Field, uh, if I remember right, uh, was last year or the end of the previous year that helped them win a game. And it was a similar 440, 450, something like that. He does have the ability to hit the ball really far. This is not an easy ballpark to do that, as we've seen over the years. He's hitting 391 now, you know, small sample, of course, but he hit another ball to the warning track. In this game, we haven't – you know, or at least in this game, we didn't see any defensive issues. Not that there were a whole lot of opportunities. I would say in the early going here, the read on him is this was worth it to bring him up. Now, you want to see that bat play. You want to see if he can continue to do that and then hope that the defense improves. You talk about all the unknowns. We don't really know what Luis Garcia is ultimately going to be for this team. But if he can hit anything like we've seen from him here so far, he's going to be here to stay.
0: And it's worth noting, as much as we talk about the defensive questions with Garcia, there are offensive questions with him at the major league level. He had been a really good batter at AAA, but his overall offensive numbers at the major league level over his prior stints at the major league level really weren't that good. You know, you did have the thought of maybe he's one of these 4A types where he's too good for AAA, not good enough for MLB. Well, so far, That offense seems to have improved greatly. And if the defense comes around, then the Nats may really have something here with Luis Garcia. Uh, Lane Thomas is on a nice run here recently. Uh, Lane on Tuesday night, two for five with a double and an infield single. He in the Nats one run eighth at a leadoff double to deep left center on an 0-2 pitch. And how about this now? Lane Thomas starting center fielder in this game once again. Victor Robles has not started a game for the Nats since this past Friday night. Now, he did come off the bench on Tuesday night. But, you know, sometimes these changing of the guards happen without any proclamation. And you wonder if maybe we are kind of seeing this here. Lane Thomas is becoming the starting center fielder and Victor Robles has been demoted or at the very least his playing time is being lessened. I mean, Yadiel Hernandez is struggling. So there is an argument to be made for less Yadiel, put Robles in center, put Lane in left. But lately, it's been a whole lot more of Lane and Yadiel than we've seen of Victor.
1: Yeah, I think if nothing else, we can say that Lane Thomas is playing every day right now and is going to continue to do that, whether it's in center field or left field. And then I would imagine Davey's going to play the matchups and play the hot hand if there is one between the other guys, uh, neither of them hitting all that great at the moment. But yeah, after you know a few moments along the way that Victor Robles seemed to be turning a corner and looking like he might be turning back into his 2019 self, we haven't seen that consistently enough. And so now, to the extent that you have um, Lane Thomas taking playing time away from him, I don't know. We'll see. But right now, you can't sit Lane Thomas. He's got to play. And I think that's the proper move to make.
0: Doing a good job. Uh, And then Nelson Cruz on Tuesday night, one for three, had an RBI double and a walk, the RBI double coming uh, in that one run eighth inning. Some roster moves, uh, some transactions regarding the Nationals' Uh, Over the last day or two. So, first of all, A. Ray Adrianza, the ghost of A. Ray Adrianza, finally has made an appearance for the Nats this season. He came off the bench on Tuesday night. Uh, The Nats on Tuesday afternoon reinstated A. Ray Adrianza from the 60 day injured list. He had not played at all for the Nats uh, in this regular season. If you recall, he suffered a left quadricep strain in an exhibition game all the way back on March 31st. So we've talked about him in the past. You know, He's not known for his hitting, but he is known for his defensive prowess and his defensive versatility. And sure enough, we saw him play in the outfield here on Tuesday night. I would assume we're not going to see A-Ray Adrianza start all that much, but certainly as a later inning option defensively, certainly as a guy who if someone goes down or needs a day off, this guy can play. That versatility is impressive. And you know, it's nice to have him. I and mean, he was good enough to get a decent amount of playing time with Atlanta last season. And we know what the Braves ended up doing. So, you know, after obviously him missing so much time to begin this season, uh, finally now the Nats can see what they have in him.
1: Yeah, I think we will see him make some starts here and there. I think the idea is he can give other guys days off who really need it. You know, Cesar Hernandez has played every game this season. I think Michael Franco has played almost every game this season. So that's two positions that Adrianza can make a start here and there, give them a breather. He can give, you know, Garcia a day off at shortstop if they want to go that way. Or, you know, if they have a lead late and maybe they want to sit Luis and put a better defensive shortstop out there, they could do that. As you saw, he can play the outfield as well. Though I thought it was interesting. A Ray told us that. In his two weeks on rehab, first at Harrisburg and then at Rochester, he played all the infield positions. He never did actually play the outfield in a game. And what does his first appearance come? In the outfield, of course. That's the way it would have to work, isn't it? But he's excited to be back. Obviously, he did not think it was going to take as long as it did, but he said once they put him on the 60-day IL, he understood it's going to be early June before I can come back. Let me make the most of this. Let me make sure that I am a hundred percent. And he got two good weeks of rehab games. So You would hope that that kind of served as his spring training. And now when he does get a little more opportunity to play, he hopefully isn't rusty at the plate and feels like he's ready to go.
0: Also, regarding the Nats bullpen over the last few days, we've had some roster maneuverings. Uh, The Nats on Monday afternoon did put reliever Victor Arano on the 15-day injured list with left knee inflammation. Yes, there is once again a 15-day injured list slash disabled list. It's very confusing now, but you have a 10-day injured list, a 15-day injured list, and a 60-day injured list. There are limitations to who can go on the 15-day injured list. Pitchers can go, and Victor Arano is on the 15-day injured list. Injured list. And on Tuesday afternoon, the Orioles claimed reliever Austin Voth off outright waivers from the Nats. Uh, The Nats, of course, designated Voth for assignment on May 31st. So the tenure of Austin Voth with the Nats is over. Mark, next spring training, you will not be writing the story, at least I don't think, of Austin Voth versus Eric Fetty versus Joe Ross for the fifth spot in the Nats rotation. Although I guess we should never say never with something like that, because that saga went on forever, it feels like. But the Nats took Austin Voth in the fifth round of the 2013 MLB Draft Out of the University of Washington, he pitched for the Nats in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and this season. He at times looked good. We saw him utilized as a starter. You know, there is something there with him, but at some point you have to pitch well, and he just did not pitch well enough for the Nats.
1: Al, you never say never. If I had told you last winter that this spring we would see Annabelle Sanchez, Gerardo Parra, and Tyler Clippard in Nats camp, would you have believed me? No. So never say never here, but probably not going to happen. The interesting thing, the Nats are playing the Orioles in a couple of weeks at Camden Yards. Will Austin both be a member of their bullpen at that time, get a chance to face them? We will see. I'm not shocked that somebody gave him a shot. As rough as it was here, there were sprinkled in there a handful of positive outings. I could see how an organization would say, we see something there. We think we can fix it. We can harness it, turn them into something. And I will say, The Nats have had a few of these in recent years, particularly relievers that they have let go who have gone on to pitch quite effectively elsewhere. Guys like Trevor Gott, Austin Adams, I'm blanking on a few of the other names, but there have been others and if you're the Nationals, you're hoping that that's not the case. Now, I'm not saying they should have stuck with them because I think it was pretty clear it just was not going to happen here, but I'm not surprised that a team in the Orioles position felt like it was worth taking a shot at them.
0: Yeah, you could throw Blake Trinan into that mix. You could throw Trevor Rosenthal into that mix. And, you know, it's interesting to me with the Orioles and the Nationals. So we know that the two ownership groups hate each other's guts. But there is kind of a history here of a guy who was with one team ends up playing with the other. I mean, you know, you go back years now, but like Nate McClough stands out. I was thinking about like Pedro Severino, right? Pedro Severino was a disappointment with the Nats. The O's ended up getting him. And he, for a while, did really well for the Orioles. Now, then he he did then fade. But, you know, I thought that was notable. There was the Edwin Jackson season a few years ago where the O's had Jackson. He was bad for them, did nothing for them. Then the Nats got him for a second go-round with the Nats. He actually ended up being halfway decent for the Nats. You know, you think about this season, right? Michael Franco, he was with the Orioles last season. He wasn't good. This season, you could argue, has been decent at least for the Nats. So there is a little bit of that. They'll never do trades with each other, but they seem to sort of uh, end up having the same guys at times uh, for whatever reason. I'm anxious to see this too. So we know that the Orioles have gone all in on analytics. And, you know, this season, there are some signs that the long rebuild is finally starting to bear some fruit here. If the O's do get something out of Austin Voth, to your point, like what we just discussed, it's not a good look because the Nats had this guy for a long time and seemingly couldn't figure it out with him. And his name would be added to a list that includes more than a few guys who have gone elsewhere and done well. But we'll see. It may just be that the Austin Voth, who we have seen in recent years, is who Austin Voth is.
1: Yeah, it might be. Um, One other name to add to that list in the reverse direction is Josh Rogers, who got a chance with the Orioles essentially dumped by them as he was coming back from Tommy John surgery Nat's pick him up and look what he did making the big leagues last year and you know started this year until he just got hurt
0: yeah so it's kind of funny to me uh, how that plays out so we will see what goes down with Austin Voth, and we will see what goes down uh, with Steven Strasburg on Thursday and Josiah Gray on Wednesday. It's kind of easy to forget. Hey, Josiah Gray is pitching on Wednesday, and uh, that's always a big deal. And so we'll see what he ends up doing in Game 2 of this series at the Miami Marlins. You tell us what you think. You can hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, Nats chat podcast. At gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the Nats Chat Podcast, hit up Tim Shovers at Nats Chat Podcast at gmail.com. You can get yourself a Nats Chat Podcast t shirt by going to Nats Chat Podcast. Square. Site. That's Nats Chat Podcast. Square. Site. All nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 1067 The Fan. And we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. Well, this past weekend was a big weekend for the Nats AAA affiliate, the Rochester Red Wings. We had Steven Strasburg, Cade Cavalli and Cole Henry all pitching. And right now for more on what's going on with Rochester, we bring you the voice of the Red Wings, Josh Wetzel. Hey guys, Josh Wetzel with a Rochester update for you. The
3: Wings are in first place in the international league East division by three and a half games going into their upcoming road trip, which starts on Tuesday. The Wings Just beat their rivals, Buffalo, the second-place team, four games out of six over the last week. Joey Manessas had another good series. He's the first baseman for the Wings that the Nationals signed as a minor league free agent, and he's right up there among the league leaders in a bunch of different categories. Leads the league in base hits. He's second in batting average. Fifth, I think in home runs, top 10 in the league in RBIs and around fifth or sixth in OPS. So he's continuing to swing the bat very well. So is Trace Barrera. Trace doesn't have quite enough plate appearances to qualify for the league leaderboard yet, but would be probably in that seven or eight range in terms of batting average. And he recently hit his sixth home run. He's only two home runs away from his career high already. So those have been two of the hitting stars for the Wings. I'm sure you're wondering about the pitching, though. Of course, Steven Strasburg was good in his rehab start for the Wings on Friday night. Took a no-hitter into the sixth inning, gave up one hit, no runs in six innings. Wasn't throwing especially hard as fastball was normally in the 90 to 91 mile-an-hour range. But he did seem to have very good command of it. I don't think he threw a single fastball probably right over the heart of the plate, and he had a good curveball and a really good changeup by the end as well. So that was probably encouraging for Nationals fans. Cade Cavalli now has had three good starts in a row, and the last two starts have been especially impressive. Two starts ago at Syracuse, he took a no-hitter into the sixth inning, wound up going seven innings for the first time in AAA, and only gave up two hits. And then Saturday, in game one of a doubleheader, he went seven innings again in a complete game win. In a doubleheader, only allowed one run on five hits and struck out 10 batters for the most strikeouts for a Nationals AAA pitcher since the 2019 season. So that was very good. Cole Henry made his AAA debut Sunday and was also impressive. He's only given up two earned runs all season, uh, albeit in about 35 innings as they're kind of keeping a really close eye on his innings. But he went five shutout innings his longest outing in terms of innings this season on Sunday and allowed no runs on three hits really seemed to be in command of his stuff. A couple of recent additions to the bullpen also have come up from AA Harrisburg, including left-hander Matt Cronin. He did have a little bit of a bumpy outing on Saturday in the second half of that doubleheader in which he finally gave up his first earned runs all season. He had a, a zero ERA until Saturday when he gave up two or three w- runs. Matt Brill also made his AAA debut in that game, he's a right-hander that the Nationals got from the Arizona Diamondbacks organization, and he's intriguing. Throws a sinking fastball in the ninety-five to ninety-seven mile an hour range, and a good curveball. So he's somebody I think that's a little bit under the radar that the Nationals are excited about. Also, so now the Wings are off on Monday. They start a a long two-week road trip on Tuesday. A, a road trip that doesn't make a lot of geographic sense. They go to St. Paul, Minnesota, and that'll be followed by uh, six games in Scranton, Pennsylvania. After that.